Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. So today, my guest is Mindy Sunshine with the Orcus Leather Company, or, well, you're going to tell us the official title because I know I butchered it, but we're just going to keep rolling. So Mindy, welcome to the the informal podcast. Uh, Thanks for being our guest. (laughs) Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. Why don't we get started? Because you guys have kind of an interesting story. You, you didn't, you're not raised on Orcas Island. You moved there. So why don't you share with our audience kind of how you guys ended up on Orcas Island? Oh, goodness. It's a long, circuitous path, sort of. We were living in Portland as our last place before here, and we wanted to take a family vacation. And I found this tiny island called Canoe Island, like 50 acres in the middle of the Salish Sea, which I had never heard of, that uh, focused on summer camp for kids, um, but all done in French, which I just thought was super cool. I love speaking French. I'm not good at it, but I like it. So and, let me interrupt you and ask, yeah. what was the premise? Why f- French isn't that common of a language in Washington State, you know? Um, so what's their backstory? Why were they doing summer camp in French? Why are they... Yeah, I don't even Do know, know. To be honest, I think I think some I think some very wealthy person. This was important to them, and they they bought an island and created this camp, probably to serve their own children or something. Okay, all right, we can run with that. We'll go with that. That's the story. Okay, so, sounds good. And then um, I saw that they had this offering for family camp, so you could go as a family for the weekend and do all the activities as if you were at summer camp, uh, kayaking and. They make delicious food for you, and there's a pool, and it sounded fun. So we traveled there, and it was it was a lot of steps to get there. And one of them meant that we had to get picked up on a little boat from either Orcas Island or San Juan Island. And we chose Orcas for no other reason than online. I found uh, reviews that there was more parking there at the ferry terminal. And we were... Uh, smitten instantly with the feeling of being here. It's special. And we came back and visited again later that summer and made a pact. My husband and I, we were just like, when we are retired and our kids are grown up, we are moving to Orcas Island. And that pact lasted all of, I don't know, two months, maybe. I had I just had this insight where I realized that the idea that we had to wait until retirement to move here was entirely made up of thought. It was a story I was writing in my head, a self-imposed imaginary box of limitation, and that it was in my power to write a new story if I wanted. And I wanted to live on Orcas Island. I just thought it was so cool. So we started house hunting. So based on a weekend French-speaking summer camp... You uprooted your family and you moved to the San Juan Islands, specifically Orcas Island. Yeah. So I'm going to guess that the people that are listening here are all scratching their heads and then wishing that they had the gumption to do the same thing instead of, like you said, the self-imposed limitations. What, I mean, what did you guys do for employment and income on, on the Island when you, when you first moved there, it's not, I'm guessing I'm just, this is just a guess. I'm guessing that the wheelbarrow wasn't full of gold bullion. So you had to do something to support yourselves. 
Yeah. And it's funny you asked that question because when we moved here, it's pretty much literally the first question any Islander asks us when they meet us. Hi. Oh, you're new. What do you do for work? <laughs> because there's, there are not, um, you know, your typical corporate jobs available here. Um, my husband and I, we uh, run, we still do run a um, editing company for professional photographers. Because that was one of our previous careers as we were both uh, wedding and portrait photographers together. And so you have a, a photo editing service for, you can, so you can do that literally anywhere that you have internet connectivity. Exactly. That's awesome. Okay. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. No. That's... So, but before we start talking about your, your new venture, I'd like to share with our audience what it's like to live on a place where we only go to vacation. Living here has been, it's been surprising to me how much I love it. I grew up in a much more, I don't know, typical suburban area. I was a half hour outside of Manhattan. I was used, I, I remember when I met my husband, I told him, I will never live anywhere that's more than 30 minutes from an international airport. And so the idea of coming somewhere rural um, intimidated me. But I think it's the people here that made it really different for me. Orcas Island is not the kind of place where people are stuck here. They're just, you know, that they're here because they don't, you know, that's just where they were born. Everyone who's here is here, I feel like, intentionally because they are making some sort of effort and sacrifice in their life because they want to be here and they want to create um, a community where people, it just, it was so welcoming. And I met so many people who were just incredibly talented. And I grew a lot after I moved here because it pushed me to do things that weren't a normal part of my of my life when I lived in Portland. Like right away, people were inviting me to join uh, nonprofit boards because we somehow have the highest percentage of nonprofits per capita anywhere in the country. Um, and so I found myself, you know, the the board president of my kid's school. And then I joined the <laughs> theater and, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't talented um, <laughs> as far as I knew and I couldn't sing and I joined a choir and just, it's hard to explain how, how um, non-judgmental and welcoming this place felt. And same for my kids. The fact that my son, who's now almost 13, um, felt comfortable here joining a dance class with his twin sister where he would have been mortified to do that when we lived in the city. Okay. I don't know. So I'm going to guess because I've never lived in Portland, but I have lived in Seattle and Tacoma. The pace of life is much slower in Orcas on Orcas than it is say in Seattle. Oh, you know, Slower in that, yeah, I don't think that people feel rushed and hurried and we're not sitting in traffic, but I expected to be a little bored. I expected there to be not quite enough to do, and that wasn't the case. My 
the number of activities here astounded me. And it's because of the number of really talented people who are here. Um, you know, my, my, my kids, my daughter studies ballet with someone who you know, used to have a really big studio in Seattle, but now she's here and teaches five students ballet. So I, we kind of feel like we have the best of both worlds and that we still have access to talent. It's just on a smaller scale. On a smaller scale. So approximately, not that you're the tourist ex guide for Orcas Island, but approximately how many people live on the island? Do you know? I believe the year-round population is somewhere around 5,000. Okay. but so that's, that, a, that's a pretty good-sized number of people. Yeah, and and the numbers I've heard are that there's an extra 10,000 in the summer. That seems very believable. And you can see the difference <laughs> downtown. <laughs> the, the locals do sometimes try to avoid certain areas of the island in the summer. Okay. How does your family handle... How big of a grocery store is, is, is in the area? I haven't been up there in so many years that things have changed drastically, I'm sure. So there's, I know I'm pretty comfortable when I say there's not a Costco on the island. There, there are no big, big chain stores here. Um, okay. But our, our supermarket, it's called Island Market, it's beautiful. I mean, it might not be quite as large as when you walk into a, I don't know, Safeway or whatever it is on the mainland, but um, it has everything that you would want. It's large. Okay. And and then we have a, a co-op. And so mm -hmm. we actually have two... Gro oh, and then there's another little grocery store by the ferry. So it's not as as sparse as someone would think. Right. So do you go to the mainland for... I mean, do you, do you make a Costco run? Does, does that still part of your life? It is. I don't know that you shopped at Costco before, but using that as the placeholder. Yeah, it, it is. And mostly because I have three kids, um, <laughs> growing kids who eat a lot. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's a little bit of a pull because I think as Islanders, we try as much as possible to purchase from other island businesses um, sure. to support our local economy. But there are certain things that you just can't beat that Costco trip for. So, yeah, we tend to go about once a month, once every other month. And I have a giant closet devoted to my Costco purchases. <laughs> no. And then, I mean, I guess in today's day and age as much, and I totally 100% agree that we want to support the small businesses in our communities. They going to use the word I hate for 2020, but you know, everyone's pivoting. Um, it's, it's just that I'm tongue in cheek when I say that, but the point is though, is that small businesses are really kind of, some of them are really struggling and what we can help them with is by supporting them in any way we can by shopping local if we, if we can, and as often as we can. But I'm also going to guess that Amazon probably still does deliver to the Island. Maybe not in two days. Maybe you're getting your stuff in three, but who knows? I mean, Pre-pandemic, we were still getting our same one-day, two-day deliveries. Wow. Okay. So, so technology has really helped those of us in smaller rural communities feel more connected too, because you've got high-speed internet, you've got you know um, Amazon, um, you can purchase things because you guys have an online business. We so do. So you're shipping. So you're using UPS, FedEx, or whoever you know your your USPS. So you're shipping things from the islands all across 
the country. And I've been super pleased with um, with our Orcas Island leather goods business that people in the Seattle area have been receiving our packages next day. And that's without that's awesome. me paying for any kind of expedited service. Okay. So it's it's a journey yes. to get here, but at the same time, it's not far. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, so let's talk about your, your leather business. This is when we talked before we hit record the other day, I was surprised that you're, this is a pretty new business that you guys have spun up. Why don't we start talking about that? What was the motivation and the inspiration to start the leather company? Well, it was only about a year ago, I think, that we bought our first few leather hides. So that sounds crazy. But it was it was born out of my husband wanting a new craft. And he started making leather goods. They were beautiful right away because he's a talented man. I'm a very lucky wife. And <laughs> um, he started selling his, you know, hand handmade goods on island. And Somewhere along the way, we just got this harebrained idea to open a store. And we we were just ready for a new challenge. And everything just started falling into place universe-wise. This perfect giant space in the middle of town became available and we jumped on it. I mean, we weren't actually ready. We didn't really know what we were doing, but we we're risk takers. We trust in ourselves. We take big leaps of faith that maybe other people wouldn't do. And then we were in the middle of, you know, tear, literally tearing out the flooring to start our remodel when this whole crazy pandemic hit. And we realized that we were going to lose our shirts if we kept going, that it became no longer a smart decision. And so then we ended up, you know, we're home quarantining like everybody else with um thousands and thousands of square feet of leather in our house and uh, giant industrial lasers and all sorts of machinery that was meant to go in our new large place. And I, I guess I should say that I actually don't enjoy every part of leather crafting. Um, cutting the leather, it's it's dangerous. Um, I, I've never even like taking a knife to a piece of leather, I would probably cut my finger off and punching the holes. It's noisy. My daughter would complain when my husband was doing it. Cause it's, you know, bang, bang, bang. It's not something that someone in an apartment could, could do without their neighbors complaining. And, but I really liked the process of hand stitching. It was meditative, just relaxing and something that we could do as a family. We would sit around in the evenings including my 12-year-olds, and we would all s- stitch things and talk. Okay. And it was from that space of sitting in quarantine, stitching together and realizing that this was bringing us a peaceful feeling to our home that we wanted to share it. And we came up with what I think was a really unique idea of, sorry to use the word pivot, but pivoting. <laughs> <laughs> Pivoting our business so that we were no longer selling finished goods, but instead we were selling do-it-yourself craft kits. So Mm -hmm. we precision cut the leather, all the holes are pre-cut, the hardware is pre-installed. We figured out how to record videos of ourselves, uh, giving tutorials of how to 
do every step of the process. And we just really wanted to set the people up who wanted to try this out. We wanted to set them up for success. I didn't want that kind of Pinterest fail moment ever to occur for someone. And I think it's, I think it's kind of neat to be able to grab a new hobby, a new craft and to have it come out stunning the first time. And that's what we're trying to do for people is to give them an activity, a new skill and a sense of accomplishment and pride and just kind of spreading, spreading good feelings from, from our Island out. Very, very cool. So I'm on your shopping page right now and I'm looking at your, your DIY kits. You have a number of products. I'm not going to try to count that high. Not that many, but you know, you've, there's a, a dozen or so here. More coming. More coming. Awesome. What is the most popular kit right now? Uh, you know, that's a really good question. I would say the personalized pouch. I think it's the one we sold the most of um, for two reasons. One, it's, it's really easy. Mm-hmm. Two, it's at our lowest price point. So I think it's a okay. really low stress point of entry. And three, it was the only product so far that we've put personalization on, the ability to put your name on it. So I think it made for a really good holiday gift, particularly. So on a, on a specific note, then, h- how are you guys personalizing the the pouches i mean i'm looking at the i'm literally was looking at it before i asked this question so it's funny that you say that but i'm looking at it and the one i'm seeing says chase on it yep that's my son so, that's your son so does he know that you're using his pouch online and does he or is he agreed to share um i i ask i ask forgiveness not permission okay perfect so how are you guys what can we put on there and how are you how do you go about, is that embossing or what is that? So that's engraving. So engraving. Yeah. Okay. And it's all uh, laser engraved. Oh, okay. So you, you program the laser then can it be a different font? It can be anything. We have, oh. I have one bag in prototype phase right now that has um, the tentacles of an octopus reaching across the front of the bag. We, we are, um, we're really trying to stretch our, our imaginations to take the various tools we have and to figure out how to make something different and unique. Okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> Those tentacles got to you, huh, Scott? Yeah, you threw me. I'm just, we're stalling now, folks. This is called stalling. <laughs> why, why the host regains his composure. Um <laughs> I'm I'm looking at these purses and and you had sent one to Mackenzie and I think she was um, documenting her um, process there and I think she was last time I talked to her um, she was I think she's done I, I to be honest I, I'm sure by the time this goes live she's done if she's not already done and she was having a lot of fun so she she also said the same thing that you were saying which was um, it was nice to sit around and stitch on this and work it. Um, after the kids had gone to bed because her, her children are younger and she needed something in the evenings to kind of just decompress. So that's kind of cool. How long does it take on these purses? And I'll just ask in general, what's how long does it take for a, a normal person to complete one of these projects? Yeah. So depending on which design, those are about six to 10 hours. Okay. 
Okay. The square catch-all kit. How, how about that one? Because that's that's kind of interesting. I'm yeah, that's, that. that's only about an hour project. Oh, and they come in different sizes. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Oh, and you can buy them as a, as, as a basket or a basket, or, you know, a collection of each, you know, like nesting dolls. Cool. All right. I like that you're shopping live on the podcast. That's pretty cool. I do. This is, this is how I, this, this is how you research on the fly. <laughs> so you, you kind of said, <laughs> see, I told you these are very, you know, loosely recorded things. You said that there's some other products coming soon. So what can you share? Or what are you willing to share that might be showing up in the shopping cart at some point in the future? Yeah, I'd say in the next in the next month, what I can commit to is a whole new line of leather that every product on the website will be made out of. And it's um, I'm still working on naming it. It might be something like uh, we're playing with the names Gaucho or Ranch Hand. It's it's much more distressed. Everything that's on the website right now is it's a little um, it's a little bit more of an upscale leather. It's a little shiny. Um, so this is a much more distressed one that I think will maybe appeal a little bit more to our, our male audience. And okay. then um, as far as new kits, we have a wine rack that's going to hang on your wall that oh, okay. um, we're, we're integrating a little bit of a, a hint of orcas in there by having the top of it shaped a little bit like an orca's tail. And I personally have been jonesing for travel when this is all over because you know, who isn't? So uh, this morning, actually, I finalized the design on a luggage tag. And that, okay. that again, will have some cool personalization options. And then we're going to work on some travel notebooks, uh, passport holders, and then larger bags are the next thing on our list. Maybe duffels. What, what do you, duffels, okay. Like a duffel bag and a larger like messenger bag. Okay. And these will all be kits? Then? These will all or, be kits. We honestly we go back and forth all the time about whether to add finished goods to the site. Um, but my husband Mike and I we're wearing every hat in this business right now. So mm-hmm. um, if my 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 concern is if we're spending our time making finished goods just to sell them, that that li- would limit how many new kit designs we're coming out with because it's all us. <laughs> so, right. Well, you've got three kids. They could be, they could be doing finish work. <laughs> I'd, I'd need to, I'd need to uh, crack that whip a lot harder. They, they, like, <laughs> they like to help, but their, um, their stamina is about, I'd say six to seven minutes. Oh, they're impressive. <laughs> impressive. So what, what, okay. So have, how many kits have the kids made and what are the kids like? What are the kids liked making? Oh, that's a good question. So actually the, my twins sewed all of the wallet prototypes for me, which, okay. so they, they're expert stitchers at this point. Um, and so my son's into D and D you're familiar with Dungeons and Dragons. And Fair so man. we're working on a couple little kits to appeal to him. We've got, um, a little dragon wearable for your hand, um, like a 20 sided die we're working on. Um, yeah, just we're, we're wanting over time, obviously, to just try to make things that appeal to a wide audience. This okay. isn't something I, I, we, we, you and I talked briefly about that idea of like, who's our ideal customer. And honestly, my ideal customer is any, anyone who would get 
joy and pleasure from this. So I'm going to be designing some kits that are, you know, for tweens and teens and, Mm -hmm. you know, who might not need a purse. Um, Oh, and then the chessboard. That was a, that was an interesting project. Did you get to see that one? I'm just looking at it now. So, um, I do not know who Beth Hammond Harmon is, so I'm going to let you go there because it says here we all fell in love with Beth Harmon. Uh, apparently, <laughs> I overassumed that everybody is watching the same shows on Netflix that I am. So okay. there's this show. It's called The Queen's Gambit. It's on Netflix. I have not watched that, but my wife has. Okay, okay. So, so your wife would know that she would know. You just watch the show and you get temporarily obsessed with chess. It just happens, and so I. I just got this idea in my head of I wanted to design a, a chessboard for this fictional character. I know that sounds silly, but I had I ordered a, this leather that like I thought beautifully matched her hair, and and I was inspired by the fashion in that show. It was it was this I guess this was mid sixties nineteen sixties fashion, but it, it was stunning. I just wished. I looked anything like that or had clothes like that. And the closest I could come to it was, you know, what, what can I do out of leather? So I'm looking at this and and now full disclosure, this is my first look at it. So are you, are each of these squares, are we going to, if I were building this kit, am I stitching each of these squares? So the black squares on the board are all connected. And then the, <laughs> the orange squares. I, I like. I can see. I can see you looking confused. I'm shifting my head to the side. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of optical illusion going through in how I designed it and how I made the the stitch lines. Try to make the just make everything look cohesive. So yeah, the the orange. If you click over to the kit photo, you can see the orange squares separated, and that might. I don't see the kit photo. I only have. Oh, did I forget to upload it? That happened. You did. Uh, I okay. hate to say that. Yeah, there's only <laughs> five photographs. All um, right, you've caught me, Scott. My to-do list is long, and I forget to do things on it. I think I'll upload that, everybody. Sorry. There you go. By the time <laughs> this is live, you'll be able to see the kit, folks. So you're saying that all the black squares are all connected, and so somebody assembling this would be assembling and stitching in the orange squares. Yes, to another full piece of leather that's underneath. Oh, okay. So we're not, I'm not trying to have to f- deal with 64 little squares of leather and hold them all together. It's, no, no. Okay. And a lot okay. of people, when they design, I tried to look to see what was out there for leather chessboard designs, and they all had like squares on top of another piece of leather such that the squares weren't all flush with each other. And that would drive me mm. crazy as a chess chess player. I, I want to slide my piece from one square to right, another. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I I figured out a way to make it all completely flush. Okay. No, it's very cool looking. Um, it's it's very cool looking. Thanks. Other than there's not a picture of the kit. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Do you want to end the podcast now? Do you want to like give just, up on me? We're, we're done. I'm sorry for being <laughs> such a failure. <laughs> so 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 the kids have the kids done have have your children stitched the chessboard? As have any of your kids tried it? No, no, they haven't. Um, and is that why? So my, I guess what I'm asking is, is this, is this a kid friendly project in your opinion, or is this more of an advanced project? It's an, 
Okay, from a skill level standpoint, it is no harder than any of our other projects, but it is so much more stitching. Um, I forget the the calculations we did on the amount of thread it takes. Um, And at some point, you're over 200 feet. Okay, so there you go. Over 200, if you picture that. It's a lot of thread. It's a lot of thread. It's a lot of stitching. My husband got it done over the course of, I think, three days. He estimated it took him 21 hours. And in doing it that quickly, he had he had some sore fingers holding a mm-hmm. needle for that long. So when, when you say, is this for kids? A, a kid with a lot of stamina to complete a project. But right. it's not that it's harder. That makes sense. Yeah. It's sure. It's just more complex. Yeah. I, I let, sometimes I tend to think about this in terms of um, puzzles, right? Cause there's people who, you know, will they want that thousand piece puzzle and they're happy that half of the puzzle is just the blue ocean. And you know, it's just takes longer and it's just harder. And, or just because, yeah, that's, that's the activity. And so the chessboard offers an amazing value for someone who wants a lot of hours of stitching activity. Okay. And then that's a lot of pride afterwards. Right. Yeah. I always took pride in, I can complete those puzzles that say two to four years. I can do them in much less time than that. <laughs> so no, I would not, I would probably not have the patience to do the chessboard. I was just thinking that like, a teenager who was into chess or that type of thing might find this to be a really fun, fun project. So, so what else? So you're going to be doing some more, I don't want to say, I use the word distressed, but more rugged looking. Rugged character. It's a, it's a kind of leather. It's called pull up in that as you uh, move and bend the leather, the oils move around. And so the color actually changes a bit as you're, working the bag and then the more you're using the bag and oils and you know things are happening to it it's going to get just my opinion just more and more beautiful with all that extra character very cool one thing you said though that that you threw me on earlier and we're going to so this is this is me looping back to things you you the guests say 10 minutes after they say them. So you of course don't remember what you said, but you guys, when you were building, you were going to build up the new space. And so you have some leather, you know, lasers and some equipment. Is are you running this equipment out of your house? We are now. Yeah. Everything. We're doing everything out of our house. So there's, there's not a lot of walking room. The, the, does the laser double as the dining table, you know, or do you, I mean. Sometimes, so we, we have a couple lasers. I have a smaller one here sitting next to me that's, you know, more the size of, say, a, I don't know. It's sitting next to me five feet tall, four feet wide. And, you know, I do my smaller projects and engravings on it. And then we have a beast in the garage that's. That's okay, in the garage. That's, that's big. <laughs> So did any of this require some new electrical stuff or does it run off a household current? It runs off a household current. We did, I think, have to put in a 220 into the garage to make that big one work. I was just wondering about all that when you, because it's like, hmm, is you, uh, you're certainly not going to run that equipment in an apartment. So it needs. (laughs) 
Well, let's circle back to the island for a little bit, but let's let's go at the island from your kid's perspective. So you get to answer from the kid's point of view, if you will. What are your kids doing for fun? Like this summer, I mean, granted, this summer was not like any summer any of us have ever experienced, but what what do your what do your kids find fun to do on the island? What are they doing these days? Well, these days it's it's a lot of hikes, beach combing, you know. Um, we have a decent number of playgrounds. We have an amazing sports field. We have like a world class uh, skateboarding. Okay. Um, what do you call those bowls? What? So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. One of those places where I would hurt myself. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but in a in a typical year. Um, well, actually, last year for the first time, they got to go to summer sleepaway camp for a month on island. Okay. On um, island. There's this really cool camp here called Four Winds, and it's been around for a hundred years. And and so they were only a few miles away, but we weren't allowed to visit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, that's how I got a little bit of work done. But um, let's see, my kids do aerial silks. Uh, what, what, what aerial silks? Uh, sorry, I don't understand. Fair enough. So picture um, very long pieces of fabric hanging from a ceiling like Cirque du Soleil, and then you okay. climb them and do movements oh. and tricks. That's that's um, that's like a standard activity here that I'd say like a, a large percentage of the children on this island do. <laughs> so what we're training people to jo- to run away and join the circus? Um. Like I said, you have just really talented people here. And so whatever talents show up, right. I think as Islanders, we all just say, ooh, we want to learn that thing you're doing. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, I never would have thought that, you know, you could have asked me, name the hundred things we're going to do on the island. And that wouldn't have been in the first hundred I would have come up with. Yeah, my, my son does soccer, karate. You know, my little one does swim lessons. I, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't feel like we are lacking no it, it sounds like if anything you're in an exceptionally um supportive and creative environment with without traffic my daughter has been spending a few weekends on a local farm um during this time zipping around on a golf cart uh helping feed the animals there's there's just a huge variety so are you at the time of recording it's your kids wouldn't be in school, but are they, are they doing school remotely or are your school, are your classes on the Island? Are they in person or how's school going? Yeah. They're so for my older ones, they're just home, um, doing remote schooling. And my little one had a chance to go in person for about two months, but that's over for the time being till January. And how are, how do your kids like remote school? (laughs) They, are thriving better than I would have expected, but okay. partially because I don't think um, they're not being asked to do a lot. And mommy is real uh, generous with the Minecraft time afterwards. Gotcha. So, so gotcha. they're kind of loving it. You know, what's funny is I think, you know, let's roll the clock back two years. And if you would have asked your kids and now I'm rolling it back two years. So pre pre pandemic, but your kids are still the same age they are right now. If you would have said you can go to class or you could stay, you could 
do school from home, I think every kid would have said, I'll do school from home. And now I think they probably can't wait to get in the classroom. It's true. Even my daughter who wanted to be homeschooled her whole life um, is so looking forward to in-person school. She just misses people. Right, right. It's just very, yeah, very, it's just been very interesting. So what else, so your, your Orcas Island Leather, what else are you guys hoping to do with your businesses? Does the business have another, and this may be no, the answer may be completely, and that's okay, but what else do you see this evolving into? That's an unscripted question for the audience. So she's pausing while she formulates her thoughts. I am debating between a joke answer or a real answer. The real answer is we're open. We're open to seeing what happens. Um, This kit concept was very well received after we launched it. So we're certainly hopeful for that to grow. I mean, currently most people have never heard of us, right? We're, we're as little as little guys can get. And so would I love this to grow into a a nationwide brand that when people think of a, a fun crafting kit, they think of us. Sure. Um, But we do have some other, I don't know, lines that we're thinking of both in, we're going to have some finished goods in some stores in town this year. We're okay. playing with, uh, we're going to probably be at the farmer's market so that we can get face-to-face with customers and create some more customized experiences. Mm-hmm. And um, and we're looking at the wholesale market too. So Okay. So how currently, when you launch this, how did you, from a business standpoint, when you launched this, how did you take it to market? And how did people, what were you doing to tell people, Hey, we're here. Look at what we have. What was, what was successful in that, in that arena for you, I guess? Well, for the most part, I'd say we've just been lucky that we have a great group of friends, basically, you know, it's, it's, it's Facebook, right? Friends on Facebook being willing to, to share and tell their friends that this is a great idea and that, you know, Mike and I are trustworthy people that they can feel confident making a purchase from us. Um, I did have a really uh, special opportunity in November. Uh, the King Five Evening News interviewed me uh, just briefly over Zoom. And then when they aired that as part of their holiday gift guide, on Black Friday, we saw a huge response. Oh, you did? Yeah. That's excellent. So that, we feel really, really... So that really worked. It really worked. And That's cool. what's just blown me away has been like the emails that I get from strangers just, you know, complimenting the idea or saying how much they loved, you know, it was their favorite, their favorite Christmas gift. I'm already getting those oh, emails. Awesome. And so it it certainly makes me hopeful that this crazy idea that we were hoping people would, um, would like that at least some people are. Well, I think, you know, I mean, based on the, well, I think you guys cheat because is you were running professional photography before. So I'm going to guess you're doing your own photography. Um, we, we are, but, <laughs> uh, but it's harder, it's harder in a, in a pandemic. So boy, a lot of those photos you can't tell, but it's a, uh, dress up my, my daughter in more adult looking clothes and try to make her look like she's an adult and cut off, you know, it's, 
it's okay. me and Mike, you know, and being our own models and making it work. Your own hand model. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward no, to when I can, I can have people do that for me again. But no, the, the nice thing here is also is I'm looking on the kits again. I mean, they all, you, I haven't clicked on everyone, full disclosure, I haven't clicked on everyone, but everyone that I've clicked on, they're all nice looking ideas and I can see that it would be fun to to put one of these together and, and I'm, I'm looking at the Madrona mini tote bag right now and I'm a little thrown off. So I'm <laughs> what, what's throwing you. <laughs> um, I was looking at the, I'm um, kind of the black one with the green and I'll say it's like, looks like it's marbleized. Yeah. The, so that's, and that's what I was looking at going, well, huh? <laughs> it's a, that's that, no, these, that pull up leather where it's another, oh, okay. another type of that, where as okay. you move the leather around, you basically, change the look of it and you can marbleize it itself. Yeah, no, because it does. It looks like it looked like a piece of marble there. That's why I was like, what? So no, I think this is very cool. And I and I love the fact that you're you're up in the islands and you're enjoying island life. So we always try to ask people, you know, and this might be hard. It's hard for everybody because of the the, the pandemic. So I'm going to ask you to think back pre-pandemic. Can I think back that far? Okay, wait. Yes, yeah, I don't yes, know. I can, it's I can. getting harder every day, isn't it? <laughs> Tell us where, if, if somebody were visiting Orcas Island, where's a great place to grab lunch on the island? Oh, man. Do I have to pick just one? You can you can, you can can shout out a few. That's fine. I, I always, you know, and, and some people are like, oh, I'm afraid if I say one, then I've insulted three people. But something that's not necessarily... What you would find otherwise on your own. Or necessarily, like if I was a tourist, I might not just land there, you know, like maybe it's off the main drag. It's a block off or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry, I'm going to name a few. So over by, by the ferry, the Orcas Hotel, it's this old historic building. I've heard rumors of it being haunted. It was purchased within the last year, I believe, by a new couple who's have their chef skills are like out of this world. So the food there is incredible. Okay. Then see, I have kids. I don't eat in the expensive restaurants. I've got to say. So in town, we've got this little sandwich shop called Voyagers and they make, yeah, like even little, like, um, like a banh mi sandwich. I'm always like looking for anything a little ethnic because I, I miss that. We don't have like a Chinese or Thai or, or, yeah, any of those types of restaurants here. And I do miss mm-hmm. that. So I go there for my fix. Mejitas, it's great Mexican food and, you know, affordable kids burritos. Okay. Off the main drag, though, I also want to call out Wild Island. Of course, okay. I'm one of those, you know, people who needs the whole gluten-free thing. So I, they, everything's like <laughs> local and, and um, they make these like just delicious bowls. Okay. So I'm a coffee person, so you might not be. I don't know. But I want to know about coffee. Is there is there a place on the island that if you're a coffee person, you can speak firsthand or you've heard good things about if you're not a coffee person? Yeah, um, I've gotten a really good cup of coffee, actually, in the back of our bookstore. We have a bookstore called Darville's. And then okay. right in the back, they have this little coffee bar and it's delicious. I don't, I, I don't know what kind of coffee they use. I do know that we have a local goods is an Orcas based company that I think roasts everything here. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. No, it's always, I always, my, my, my journey is coffee. Um, I have this, this goal when I travel that I don't eat anywhere um, that I can eat at home. Mm. That's, that's, that's my goal. And I do have one, I have one national chain. I will, I will always frequent um, or I will allow myself to frequent and that's Starbucks. And the reason though, is that they always have clean bathrooms. <laughs> I, so I just, and they're everywhere. Okay. I'll tell you, Scott, right now, as a tourist, it is very hard to find a bathroom when you are on Orcas Island. Okay. So do, do you want to know the secrets of like where all the bathrooms are? Is that sure? Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's share with our audience the secrets of the bathrooms on Orcas Island. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Potty talk. Okay, right. folks, I've been a, pay attention, folks. I've been a mom for too long, but yeah, <laughs> Orcas Island Market. That's your that's your best bet for for indoor, clean, actual flush toilets. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's where you want to go. There we go. You now know it, folks. But support the market by buying something when you're there too. <laughs> so, so when you guys journey off island. You're, you're relatively new to Washington. So where, where have you guys gone out and checked out around Washington that you found interesting or have you yet? Not enough places. And you okay. know, it's, I think we're just getting into that age with our littlest, you know, going into first grade and feeling like, okay, traveling with three kids won't be so hard anymore. Um, we've been, we've been up to Bellingham a couple of times and do you know, right, this is going to be terrible for me to mention because I don't know what it's called, but we found this little like museum that was full of the most interesting things I'd ever seen. They were, it was like this hands-on museum in Bellingham that my kids adored. It wasn't Spark Electrical Museum, was it? It wasn't everything electricity. No, no. Because the Spark Museum of Electrical in- Invention, I think that's the title of it. Well, everyone calls it the Spark Museum. Uh, they have... Um, they have a, something called the mega zapper. You can go stand in this metal cage and they will zap you with thousands of volts of electricity. Um, that's kind of cool. Your kids probably get a kick out of that. Yeah, we should check not. that out. Okay. So I just found, yeah. I just Googled and it was called Mindport. So Mindport. we thought that was the coolest thing when we were in Bellingham, we went there and then we went to a restaurant where we were able to take board games to our table. I thought that was pretty cool too. Yeah, see, there's, there's all sorts. I mean, obviously, our whole site's about exploring Washington State, and there's there's cool stuff everywhere. But you're up in an area, I mean, that from a tourist standpoint, the San Juans is a highly desirable tourist area. Have you gone to any of the other islands? Have you have you gone to Lopez or anywhere else? Have you? I've actually never explored? stepped foot on Lopez, but I'm a, I'm a strange girl. I actually never even stepped foot in this house that we bought before we bought it. Um, let's see. I've I've been to San Juan <laughs> Island. <laughs> Okay. I've been to Shaw Island okay. and then I've been to Canoe Island, this tiny little French place, like three times because it's so cool. Um, okay. Now you're making me feel like I need to go more places, Scott. Well, I need- look, you, you, everyone gets a pass for 2020. Everybody I, gets a pass. Yeah, I told don't, you don't. I have the travel bug and now you're giving it to right. me even more. Right. So I guess I have to ask, and this is totally not related to anything about Washington State. It's more the statement you just made. You bought a house without going inside of it. 
And my day job is I sell real estate. So you've piqued my curiosity. Well, like I've heard of people, I've heard of people that have done this and, and it's not that uncommon, but what I'd like to hear. And I think, I think somebody might enjoy this too. What did you experience when you, you already bought the house, <laughs> <laughs> the money's gone. When you, when you pulled up to it for the very first time. It was everything I hoped and more. Okay. Yeah. That's the awesome. Okay. It, it was a positive experience. Okay. Like, I mean, so real estate here <laughs> is, is, is hard. And we were shopping in a, in a, in a price range that was, you know, way at the low end of the market for here. So at any time there'd be maybe one house available. And so to look at a house, it was a six hour drive and the ferry and a hotel room. And it would mm-hmm. cost me hundreds and hundreds of dollars for every house we wanted to look at. So, right. and every time you go up thinking this is the one, and then you look at it and you go, Oh, that's not the one. Um, we got tired at the end. And so for this last one, my husband did walk through the house. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't completely. So you trusted his his opinion. He and he said this will work. Exactly. Okay. All right. All right. I've I've always just I've always chuckled about people that have bought houses. Now investors, that's one thing, but to call home, it's yeah. Oh. You know, I put a lot of stock in um in gut feelings. For better or mm-hmm. worse, I think, um, I don't know, I think it's okay to take risks, even risks that other people think are crazy, if it just feels right to you. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the, you know, that's kind of the entrepreneurial thing. You've, you've got to be able to see it and go make it real because every day is, you know, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow and you, you can't plan on um, stability. I think it, I think we kid ourselves if we think it's going to be, we have, you have to have confidence in yourself and your ability to find solutions to whatever's thrown at us. Yeah. Yeah. All we can do is respond, respond to what shows up. Exactly. And if we're trying to plan for what we think is going to be the third and the fourth step, those may Mm -hmm. never appear. Like all I can do is see what's in front of me, what things are actually in my power, what choices do I have to make and mm-hmm. make them and move in the direction of the thing I want without any attachment that the outcome is going to be how I picture it now. Right. Uh, that's excellent. So we're going to close with, I'm going to ask you one more thing about Orcas Island. And so far, what has been your favorite experience on the island? What is, what's, is there one thing that pops to mind when I ask that question? Like what, What's the one thing that you've gotten to experience or do on the island that you think is like, this was really cool for you? Another of those unscripted questions as the guest pauses while she ponders. You're killing me, Scott. I have to come up with the one thing. Um, I'll, 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 you can say a couple. I mean, I'm just curious. What, what, what have you found on the island that you're like, this is so cool? An unexpected like thing. Ah. <sighs> I mean, I, I co-starred in a play opposite a, an actual real, you know, LA talented actor who was, um, his hand was inside a puppet that was 
um, possessed by the devil. And I, and I played a, um, maybe this isn't a good story. Should I not tell the story? <laughs> you can't. I mean, yeah, let's go for it. Let's go. It'll be okay. Uh, I was just, I was just say the, th- the theater here, the theater here mm-hmm. has been the thing that's, um, surprised me the most. Okay. And really amazing opportunities to have, yeah, personal growth in that arena. Very cool. But, but maybe a better answer is, um, we have the longest zip line in Washington state. You do? I think so. The, or no, the tallest, tallest tower zip line. I don't know. Really? I'm probably giving inaccurate information, but another camp here, we have so many summer camps here, like so many. So camp or Kyla is run by the YMCA and mm-hmm. they have this really cool little zip line. And then they'll have like community days where anyone in the community can just come and use it and, so I ziplined with my kids on Orcas Island. That's awesome. So you've so far we've got theater and ziplining. So that's that's very cool. So those are cool things. Those are very cool things. So if people, we'll just wrap this up this way. So if people want to find out more about what you guys are doing in the in the leather goods, where can they find you? Um, both the let's go ahead and give the the domain name and any social media platforms you want to share. Great. Yeah. So our website is orcasislandleather.com and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest at Orcas Island Leather Goods. Very cool. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and being a good sport as I threw you under the bus a couple of times. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but these are always, I, it's funny. I say this, I've had a good time each time I do these. They're always fun because it's always interesting to talk to people who are are doing interesting things and, and combining it in your case with an interesting place as well. So thanks for being a guest. I do appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. This was really fun. All right. Thanks. Join us next time for another episode of the exploring Washington state podcast.